0: Hey everybody, welcome to the special part two of our interview with Rainbow Rowell. If you missed the first part, listen to the This Week in Marvel episode that came out on Tuesday, but now enjoy the rest of the show.
1: We had an interview earlier talking on video and I asked you about it a little bit, but in the script, you guys, that I got to read, which is very (laughs) exciting for me, calm down Lorraine, um, (laughs) is that you really do talk a lot about body diversity in the script. Um, Would you speak a little bit to, you know, did, did you feel sort of onus on yourself as a writer to make sure that that was covered and that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, well, Gert was a really important character for me when I first read it because in all of my years of reading comics, I couldn't think of another f- chubby character, fat character, because you know, Gert takes heat for her weight. Mm-hmm. constantly in the original run. People yeah. say such mean things to her. Um, and and in the original one she really doesn't feel worthy of Chase's love um, because of the way she looks. So it, that was already in the canon. You know what I mean? It was already such a part of her character. And that was meaningful for me because um, I've been fat my whole life. Um, and often when you see fat people, I'm trying to say fat now and not just like plump or chubby. I'm trying to just be like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, just I'm just owning it. Yeah. Um, When you see that character, it's often like they show up to teach you a lesson about fat people. Like you know, on a very special episode of Blossom, she meets a fat person, Mm -hmm. and we're all better for it. Mm -hmm. And then we never have to look at them again. Um, But Gert is a a real character, and Mm -hmm. she lives in the body she has, and she is funny and smart, and it is a part of her identity without being the defining thing about her. Um, I, that's true of every character. So, the, the, the aspects of their identity, you know, their, their race, their sexuality, um, where they come from, what they look like, all of that is so beautifully integrated into the characters. Um, so I was—I just took my inspiration from the original run, mm. but absolutely did I did I say in my very first note to Nick that Gert has to come back and she has to still be fat? Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, I did say that. I love it. Well, I I just love it too because there were so it was so so detailed about every single person, and I feel like you know in comics of old, I think we do a much better job oh, of sure. it in, in present day. But in comics of old, you know, you'd see like ten bodies that. Were like there was a male body and there was a female yeah, body and they yeah, were all kind absolutely. of that. Yeah. And it's like you do this beautiful job of describing Chase as like somebody who's naturally athletic but doesn't work out and like right. those kind of things or like, right. you know, Nico's petite frame. That doesn't support necessarily a deep breast, right. you
2: know. I, and yes. I think that's really interesting. Yes. someday, if you read my character descriptions, you'll say that I describe everyone's breast size. <laughs> now, like you're ha- no, now you're going to. But now you're going to have to release the script because I'm forcing it. On oh, them. okay. <laughs> well, you know. But again, um, the credit to Brian Kayvon and Adrian Alfona who created those characters that way. Like, mm. you go back to um, Alfona's original character designs, and those girls. First of all, it was. It's a book that was born with mostly. Girls, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and they don't look alike. You know, mm-hmm. he drew them as having very distinct body types. Um, they're kind of short, which I love. Like mm-hmm. you also don't see short girls in comics very yeah. often. But only Carolina is tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love when it. When you
1: also look at the, the female characters, and they're all almost more powerful than all the men. Oh,
2: yeah. absolutely.
0: Well, and Chase and has, Chase has no nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean that's. Or does of, he? Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bom, bom,
1: bom. I mean, like you look at Gert and having a dinosaur. <laughs> right? She has. The, usually you look at characters and the male usually has that but, mm-hmm. and I, that's the thing that sort of like led me to it I mean obviously I love dinosaurs, but <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> But like you look at this female character and then you know I, I'm part of the cosplay community and you go out and you I've seen so many female cosplayers out mm-hmm. there And they go to the series because it's so important. to
2: them. Oh, I see so many Gerts and Nikos over over the years like mm-hmm. even when you know it, well, There was no hint of anything coming with Runaways. She would still see Gert and Nico show up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they would even reference that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little overly fanish of Brian K. Bon and I mean, Adrian Alfona. I mean, but
0: great. they
2: they would reference that, you know, like they would tease Chase about, you know, being surrounded by chicks all the time.
0: Mm. Speaking of uh, the girls he's surrounded by, I want to talk about Molly for yeah, a little Molly. while. We okay, haven't talked about Molly. Yeah. I think Molly is such a unique character in comics because we don't have a lot of kid characters. Right. Like there's Power Pack and Franklin Richards, and that's kind of yeah. it. But like you said, she's 13 now. She's grown up a little bit. But yeah. what kind of kind of curveballs does that throw? Having to write such a young character and. Younger yeah. than the, I think it's significant that she's younger than the other characters because right. their relationship obviously changes too.
2: Well, it's such a beautiful part of mm-hmm. the original series to see how they would try to protect her. Mm-hmm. You know, the, in the very first, you know, when they first realize that their parents are super villains, they immediately um, get Molly out of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, just the way they protect her, I mean, shows such decency for these characters who their parents don't have that decency. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They always look out for her. But because of that, Molly doesn't believe that her parents are evil and the same with everyone. She didn't see it with her own eyes, you know? Really? Um, but as I'm talking with this, I'm like, what if I'm getting that detail wrong? I'm really, I remember no. it very vividly. But <laughs> so. So, so she's everybody's little sister, but she's also very sort of bold and doesn't mince words and tells it like it is. So, And, and her emotions are, she's she's got such access to her emotions, so she's, she'll be like, you know, I am hurt. I am scared. What's happening? Is Gert dead? Mm-hmm. You know, so she's been this truth-telling character. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a thirteen-year-old son. Oh, yeah, and
0: perfect. Yeah, good for it. <laughs>
2: I went out and got one yeah. for this book. Hey, if I'm gonna write this series, I need. I need a thirteen-year-old <laughs> stat. Um, so, uh, you know, like over Christmas time when I was first starting, uh, I thought, "Can he read?" I think he can probably handle. So, we reread the the original run together, nice. and mm, we would talk. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Dad, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, sick word. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So we would we would and we would talk, and it was interesting because um, Molly was his favorite character, oh, wow. mm-hmm. and for him, this is Molly's book, and mm-hmm. everything else is just like through the lens of Molly, yeah. which made me really see how he was identifying. It reminded me like when you're a kid if there was ever a kid in a movie or in a TV yeah, show yeah, yeah. you're like that's my guy yeah. um so I mean, I have a thirteen-year-old in the house, Mm -hmm. and one thing that I have done is—and I I thought this really fit—my my my kid is obsessed with like Pokemon and manga, and so I kind of steered Molly that way. She's all she's very already right. She already looks like the world's best Pokemon hunter. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And so (laughs) I kind of I'm kind of borrowing from some of the traits that he has, although he's a very different kind of kid. Yeah, I love too that she is sort
1: of like the most fragile character, but also the strongest character, which is such a nice duality about her.
2: Well, and you know, the, remember, again, this is so expertly done. You know, when we first meet Molly, everybody thinks she's starting her period, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, 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 right, that's yeah, yeah, right. And then yeah, yeah. she's becoming a mutant. <laughs> yep. And so um, we talked about where she would be, you know, like physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, she's 13. 13 year old girls have almost reached their full height, mm-hmm. they are in full on body and mind and emotion change. Right. Um, so I think that that is, well, it's a lot of plot. If you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't do it again for all the money in the world. Oh gosh, I know. Be <laughs> thirteen. I mean, as someone
1: who who grew up short and then stayed short. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <she's gone. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, Molly.
0: You'll be fine. <laughs> you touched on talking about their parents, how their parents were the uh, villains of the original run. Yeah. Another interesting thing about me for Runways* is, you know, we had that initial story where they find out their parents are evil, and that's kind of the hook. Of yeah. The first right, book right. is, what if you found out your parents are evil because everyone thinks their parents are evil? Right. How do you create New threats to uh, yeah. kind of keep things interesting because obviously their parents aren't around anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. also, it's such a, an amazing, like, first struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little hard to top. But uh, I think. I mean, okay, so if you think about how um, superhero origin stories, you know, off, you know, you know, like um, Uncle Ben, and now I'm going to be a hero, or, you know, oh, Batman, my parents. Like, mm-hmm. um, parents often die in that, or, or, you know, these parental figures die, and it shapes mm-hmm. these characters. Mm-hmm. They become heroic. Well, for the Runaways, they have this weird thing that they kind of killed their parents. Mm-hmm. Like, they betrayed their parents, and their parents died, and it's all their fault. And that was something that I felt like was not leaned into, mm-hmm. that I could lean into, nice. that mm-hmm. the shame. And like their lives are so difficult, and they brought it on themselves. They could have grown up rich kids. They could have had, they could have inherited the earth in a very literal way, mm-hmm. but they made this decision to betray their parents and made themselves orphans. And so, in a way, they're very responsible for for where they are in life. And I think that, gosh, would not that be a terrible thing to live with? Mm-hmm. Also, they all loved their parents. I mean, only Chase yeah. had a bad, and he even, even he loved his parents and stuck up for his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that. I think that that their parents can continue to be part of their struggle. Sure. Also, their parents were super villains with a wide network, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think that you know just the pride died, and then there there went the pride. Yeah. Like they had their hooks in everything. Mm-hmm. They were time travelers. They were magicians. They were thieves. They were inventors. Um, they were Hollywood stars. Like really, Carolina's like Surrey Cruz, right? Like yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a lot. I think um, Brian. I mean, does everyone say K every time they say his yeah, name? Yeah, you have to. You have it's, to. When you meet him, you say Brian K. Yeah. <laughs> okay. BKB, BKB, is you yeah. called him earlier. I called him BKB earlier, yeah. and I felt like that was overly familiar. Yeah, it's very familiar. Yeah, for someone yeah. I've never met. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time with him, but um, yeah, I don't know. I got distracted by calling him Brian, and now I, I don't know what I was saying about him. Um, well, I'm going to switch. Good. Because so I have a little question. Yeah.
1: So you get to go back to Los Angeles, which we oh, usually yeah, yeah. live in New York City. We're yep. yes. in the City of Heroes. Which, what does that afford you? Because it kind of allows you, I guess, to pull away from some of the greater Marvel Universe happening Absolutely. over on the other coast.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which is such a fun part of the series already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when they got, I think it was it Secret Wars, that they got roped into in the original run, you know? Oh, uh, what was it? No. Uh,
0: well, they got roped into Civil War, they got ro- roped into Secret Invasion. Oh,
2: thank you, so, Secret Invasion. Yeah. Okay, and they're kind of like, what are we doing in New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who are these people? Yeah. This place is littered with superheroes. Yeah. And they're so funny about it, you know? Mm-hmm. They're so outside of the culture in that way. Which, it's I think people in Los Angeles talk that way about New York anyway. Mm. <laughs> you know, like New York thinks it's everything. Yeah. Um, It is. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why they think that. There are all of these funny jokes in the original run about, you know, um, being in Los Angeles and being in California, and it's very, it has a strong sense of place. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I did this February um, is I went to Los Angeles, I'd been there before, Mm -hmm. but um, I went specifically in a runaway's way to be like, okay, I want to kind of soak up, I need to fake this sense of place because I'm not from there, but it has to feel like, that's so that's like a character in the book, right? Mm-hmm. So I tried to go to like all the Runaways places. I did this. I got a very cool tour of Malibu, nice. including like I saw where Barbara Streisand lives. <laughs> um, yeah. Is she in the book? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I hope mentioned the Pride House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so, and I took all these pictures for reference, not knowing who the artist would be. Thinking, mm-hmm. if you've not been to California, you don't realize that their houses look different than the rest of the country. They're um like, their their plants in their yards look mm-hmm. like huge like overgrown houseplants to mm-hmm. me, like giant weird succulents. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take all these photos so that I can share. You know, who knows? The artist could be in Tokyo. And then you got Chris Aika. I got Chris yeah. Aika, who is Los Angeles, you know, boy. He was yeah. raised there. And so, yeah, I just threw away all my notes and was like, you've got it.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's important because LA feels so different,
2: so different to New York. Totally, it
1: Totally. The, the culture, the way that you get around,
2: the oh, l- totally. levels, the colors. the colors. I think you know, the colors. different. The colors, the light. Which is so funny because, again, I get to see, I get copied on these wonderful emails between the artist and the colorist, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be like, this is what the light looks like at Mm -hmm. sunset in Los Angeles, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's a different kind of light. And also, God, what attention to detail they're bringing. And I don't think you... When you're reading comics, you know that the artist is working hard. But to see the level of storytelling and thought that goes into the decisions the colorist and the artist are, are making, it's really incredible. Mm-hmm. I, too, something I love about
1: uh, the sort of Los Angeles feel of it is the pride is like very LA feeling mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, well, I was born in California, I was born in LA, and then I was been living in New York for like 15 years. Okay. So I've had a fair slice of both. But I think it's um, it's just interesting because you get this sort of uh, voice of L.A. and like and of literal pride with mm-hmm. pride because there is that different sort of culture. Did, oh, totally. Did you try to dive into that with the team a little bit?
2: I mean... <laughs> only by just sort of thinking about what it's like when I'm there and one mm-hmm. of my best friends lives there. Um, I wrote a book, Landline, um, that was ha- set half in Omaha where I'm from, which, which is, like most of my books are set in Omaha. <laughs> I said that like I'm embarrassed, I'm not. No, That's my corner of the market. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but It was set between Los Angeles and so I'd done a lot of thinking about Los Angeles. For example, um, I had a scene in a basement my friend was like, "We don't really have basements. Mm. Like, where do you go during the tornadoes? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have them. We have earthquakes, where you'll die for sure, Right. <laughs> so um, I had had that experience, and I, I and I went to Los Angeles, and so I had done that level, and I I had um, Margaret Stoll, who's also a oh, member, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, is um, from Los, and so she, I would whenever I have a question, I'll be like, you know, where where would this character go to school? This is what they're like. She'd be like, ah, oh, maybe here, maybe here, you know.
0: We play it. volleyball yeah. you know <laughs> a great resource yeah, yeah she's a great
2: resource
1: Reggie's Margie, fabulous yeah yeah is yeah. Yeah, a, a fellow woman of Marvel now we are all family yeah. too and if that's you guys nice. aren't familiar with Margaret Stoll she's the writer of Black Widow Forever Red and,
0: and Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel and Captain Marvel. Marvel now
1: that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. so mm-hmm. as, as much as I think we could talk to you for like an hour and a half oh, and okay. i spoil crazy. all the books but sadly <laughs> I, th- I think that we should probably wrap this up and get people so they can go buy the books yeah. Yeah. yes I hope that that happens mm. yes
0: we all do yeah I'm pretty sure, though. Yeah,
2: for, where can uh, fans follow you on the internet? Um, the best place to find me is on Twitter. That's where I'm addicted. So mm-hmm. they can find me at Rainbow Rowell on Twitter. I'm also Rainbow Rowell on Instagram and Tumblr. But expect, sadly, I still am I'm reblogging a lot of Sherlock and I'm, like, stuck in the past. Oh, so. That's all right. That's what my Tumblr's still like most of the days. Yeah, i just like, I've moved on everywhere else, but not on Tumblr. <laughs> no, <it's hard. laughs> that feels like Tumblr. Yeah. It does. Yeah.
1: And obviously, Runaways is now on
2: sale. Uh, it's monthly, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, right. So that's tune in right. in October to get issue two. That's right. Yes, which, which brings new delights and surprises. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you. All right, guys. This is Marvel.
2: Your universe.